Can the Guardians mount a comeback? It's currently the eighth inning with a pair of runs on. We'll get into the game on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. I want to say that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, for those who don't know me, I mean, I thank you for watching the show. Uh, as those who do watch know, I'm Jeff Ellis, the host of Lockdown Guardians. Before that, I was the host of, well, technically Smoke Signals, where I wrote it Indians Baseball and Indians Prospect Insider, or Who's On First. Uh, the where I hosted with Taylor Blake Ward. Right now in today's game, we have a situation with two outs in the eighth, a pair of base runners on, and Andres Munoz, who we talked about on the show yesterday, one of those great thefts by Jerry DePoto, uh, who is coming in to try to get the four-out save. It's, I don't know, I, 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 I refuse to give up on this team. It's kind of crazy, because you go back into it, right? And Richie Palacios, he has one of those, uh, you know, good luck hits, bad luck if you're a Mariners fan. Most often than not, when a ball gets hit that lightly, it's not going to be a hit. Will Benson had a 3-0 count, and then they just pounded the zone on him. I mean, which is what you should do if you're brash, because Benson has struggled massively. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's struggling to hit 100 right now since his call-up. Stephen Kwan fouls the ball off his leg and unfortunately gets out. And then Ahmed Rosario gets that single to get two runners on. So we got Jose Ramirez up. In spite of all of his struggles, oof, man, he just swung over the top of that. He was thinking fastball. That was not a fast. I mean, Munoz is very Class A-like. He can bring the heat. And Jose was thinking heat, and that was an off-speed offering in the high 80s. And that separation, man, if you can tunnel that pitch and hide it, that would makes you know an extremely effective reliever. It's so fascinating. Well, so close there on the two one count. Just a little bit straighter, and that might have been tying runs across in this one. But it is fascinating again to me to look at the Seattle Mariners team just because how much of it was due to smart trades, and how much credit needs to be given. I think to Jerry Depoto, he should be up. Yeah, he's got money to spend. Yeah. Robbie Ray was, you know, a player he went on and had. Maybe he should have signed someone else in free agency. He's built a strong team. He has not been afraid to go for it. He has a still a pretty good minor league system. The interesting thing is for all of their development, uh, some of those secondary pieces, just the Justin Dunn, the Jared Klenics, haven't done it for them. Uh, I was trying to think of the other. Uh, Evan White, who might have been his draft pick, who they gave a big contract, I believe, before he ever played a game in the big leagues. He's hurt right now. Some of those guys haven't worked, and not everyone's going to work. I was actually having a, a chat with uh, Jeff Carr, name drop, from Locked On Reds, who is our, our manager, about the potential co-host. Hopefully I'll have more news about that coming. But he was talking about Nixon's out, and we were just discussing, like, there are those guys who just don't seem to work out. And, you know, he and I were both, oh, Jose, that one was at your ankles. What are you going to do with it even if you hit it? Let's let's be honest, that was the, the, two, uh, the second strike there. Like, that pitch, you can't. 
do anything with it. It's just not going to be in. But he and I were discussing, like, how do we figure out what makes a prospect fail? I know, cheery things, right? <laughs> Let's uh, get back into this game. If you missed it, this was a game where 90% of the action happened in the first inning. Okay? Oh, Jose. I mean, that's two low pitches out of the zone. He... Ugh. That was not good. That was not a great at-bat by Jose there. Uh, after the greatness of the day before, I mean, he he sat there and I guess that one that uh, I was like, why do you bother swinging at? He did make a foul contact with, but that last one was clearly almost almost just as low. Can't, can't uh, go down and get those. Now, a lot of players have issues with that low pitch. They try to go down and chase it out of the zone. We've talked about guys in Cleveland's own system. That is like the big concern for multiple prospects. Uh, as for this game, so the first inning, you have the Stephen Kwan double, and then does Rosario get a hit? I'm trying to remember if it was a hit or if he was the fielder's choice. Either way, uh, he gets on. He's the hit, I believe. Yeah, and then it's the fielder's choice by Jose. Then Jose gets caught stealing the Gonzalez singles. And then, unfortunately, you have the three singles in that inning, and... They would not manage another. Okay, through the two, the second, through the seventh inning, they managed one hit and one walk. There is someone on my screen dancing with broccoli, and I'm very confused right now. Um, but going through this one, second through the seventh inning, the Guardians had one hit and one single. And what's interesting is Seattle through the second. Uh, through the sixth inning had one hit and one single. They also got another hit in the seventh. So they ended up from the second to the seventh, two hits, one single. And specifically, I say through the sixth, because that's when Tristan McKenzie pitched. So McKenzie, I mean, the first inning, I had someone tell me he's tipping his pitches. I didn't actually get to watch the first, if I'm being honest. But he comes out of the gate, walk, single, home run. After that, the entire he, he hadn't recorded an out. So after those three uh, situations, he then... You know, faced the next, he went six innings, so 20 batters, one hit, one single. It started out rough, and the three-run home run, you know, it, they said this is a game they should win. But at the same time, it's like it's very typical for this team to face someone like Marco Gonzalez and struggle, and they have struggled in this one. Like I said, they, they came out hot as well, just not hot enough. They got that one run. I really had hope there in the eighth. Unfortunately, like I said, Jose... Um, strikes out with the uh the runners on and now we got eli morgan in so we'll see last outing for eli morgan was not terrible it was not do i have a ton of faith that it's gonna continue to stay that way no i i just i don't but in this particular game right now you gotta have hope uh but yes, I was trying to just pull up the Jose thing while I'm talking just to look at those pitches to confirm that my eyeball is not crazy. I mean, the sixth and seventh pitches, the last two, and even the fifth pitch, they worked him almost entirely out of the zone. You could argue outside of the third pitch, none of those were in the zone. And Jose kept swinging. So, but I mean, it is what it is. He was fantastic against the Padres. He's got a walk today. The Guardians have out hit they've been the better offensive team in this matchup unfortunately they just don't have much to show for it right now good job by morgan right there it's we'd like to see the eli morgan of old i'm gonna take any positive momentum for him we're gonna take a quick break come back and just 
again, dig into this game today. I currently have it muted so I can follow along. Um, I think if you are watching this game, you probably have muted it already as well. This is it's one of the more brutal listens, I think, this year. So uh, I'm also curious to see if you disagree with me. Do you think the Yonder Alonso um, situation in this one has been enjoyable or not? I'm curious to hear from listeners. We're going to take that break, come back, talk about this game in detail on today's Locked On Guardians. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the the ad read I'm still in it because they have some fun things right now over at Bet Online. Will Albert Pujols re- reach 700 home runs? Must occur in the regular season. The odds imply a 10% probability at a negative 2,000 for no, and a yes being plus 900. Next, uh, Washington National starting pitcher to earn a victory. Paulo Espino, plus 200, former Guardian, you may not remember him. Patrick Corbin, plus 325, Annabelle Sanchez, plus 350, Josiah Gray, plus 375, Eric Fetty, plus 400. I think these are fun. I like fun, different ad reads because the Washington Nationals, I hadn't realized this, uh, their starting pitching haven't been credited with a victory in 40 consecutive games, the longest winning streak in the league's history, spanning more than 120 years. That's fun stuff over Bet Online. So, in this game, getting back to it. Like I said, they started out very well, and then unfortunately, it didn't keep going. For, like I said, for either team. Uh, if we do our traditional who reached base twice in this one, it's Ahmed Rosario and Ahmed Rosario. That's it. He had a pair of hits. We don't have any other players who have reached base multiple times for Cleveland. Uh, they have managed one walk and six hits of so seven opportunities. That should be about two runs. Unfortunately, it has not been. The other side of things, we see three hits and three walks, so six opportunities. Cleveland's had more opportunities. They should each be at about two runs. Unfortunately, it's currently a 3-1 game, so that has not occurred in this one. Uh, again, I, I thought this was a good chance for a win, and three runs the three run home run is a killer but again if you got one run it's can i really uh i'm not blaming the pitching in this one guardians got to do more they have to put more together and you know it does hurt when i mean the funny thing is if we were saying like which spots in the lineup have reached base twice that would be rizar uh the two hole and the eight hole because hedges and palacios each had a hit palacios is the pinch hitter he really seems to do well in that role Outside of those two, I mean, you're talking about three scattered hits for the or base runners for the rest of the thing. And honestly, it's like if you don't count, you look at four, five, six. No, that's not right. You look at five, six, seven, and nine, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Owen Miller had the two hits against the lefty today, right back to the typical 0 for 3. He has really struggled against lefties. Yesterday was kind of a odd occurrence. 
looking through this team at this lineup, it's and the funny thing too, it's like one of the the Stephen Kwan out. I almost thought was going to drop because Jess Winker was so bad in the outfield defensively. Anyone else feel like that ball was going to get away from him? Uh, I did want to talk very quickly about Sam Haggerty, who was a pinch runner in this one. Sam Haggerty this year has played in a hundred or fifty four games, one hundred twenty seven at bats. He's got a three ten batting average, three fifty seven on base, four ninety one slugging, eight forty nine OPS. He's stolen 19 bases, I want to say. I mean, this says only 10, but maybe that's for his career that he has, yeah, 19 stolen bases. He's only been caught stealing twice. And he has played right field, left field, and second base. Haggerty was, again, a 24th round pick at the University of New Mexico. University of New Mexico has a lot of players who fail to be productive because that is such a hitter friendly environment. It's why I really like Kyle Bradish. I think he's with Baltimore now, was drafted by the Angels. Give me that guy who excels in a place he should not excel. Bradish stood out for that reason. Most University of New Mexico players uh, struggle when they do that transition. He's been worth 1.7 war this year. And I double-checked. I was right. He was part of that Kevin Plowecki deal uh, where they traded Walter Lockett, who was back when they were doing kind of those deals where they would look to add starting pitching from the back of one organization because uh, the San Diego Padres had too many players their 40 man was a mess so cleveland added walter lockett he was going to play for him they needed some pitching depth and ended up flipping him uh they they traded ignacio feliz for him feliz is now in high a with baltimore i don't know if he's been traded multiple times but uh lockett and Haggerty for ploiecki and one could argue they should just have i mean ploiecki hasn't been great this year he's much better a year ago but in 2020 and 2021, he would have been a solid defensive uh, catcher. He would have been strong in that role. It, at the end of the day, it is unfortunate, though, because Cleveland released him. He signed with Boston. He's been solid. But Cleveland acquiring him gave up a pretty solid backup type. And when you're looking at just Haggerty's production, he's also a switch hitter. So on top of playing like both corner outfield spots and second base, he's a switch hitter. And I, you know, if we go and look at his splits data for his career, see if he would have been someone who helps out uh, better against lefties than righties. So even the ideal super utility type for this lineup, uh, oof, and there start to go awry in this inning. Uh, runners on the corners right now. For the Seattle Mariners, you got uh, Hanniger. You had a walk, and then the pinch runner and the Hanniger single. We'll see what happens if they go and get a new pitcher before Eugenio Suarez. What a good deal for the Mariners! I, I again remember the the primary cost to add Jess Winker was Eugenio Suarez, who you know three years ago we just said that's one of the best team friendly contracts in baseball, and then he fell apart. Uh, it's acquiring those two players at the cost they did is really again highway robbery DePoto has done such a nice job building this team right now who are your three stars in this one well you're I'm giving one to McKenzie because it's interesting so more detail here Hueys at H-O-O-E-Y-S says rewatch on YouTube he does a head nod like he's about to throw a meatball and starts shaking his glove. It's really strange how he does that and how dominant he was after. So you might want to go check that out, see what you think. But he was so good. Three earned runs is not a ton. And the rest of the outing was really, 
maybe you'd like to see more strikeouts, only four of them, but he was really strong in this matchup. Unfortunately, looking like likely he's going to pick up the loss. We will see, but I, I still think he deserves one of the three stars in this one. Because, again, what, what what is there offensively? Like, Ahmed gets it because he has a, two extra base hits, and then sometimes you give it to Quan because he has an extra base hit. I think those right now, barring a ninth inning comeback, oof, I just don't like leading off with the ball there. Uh, hopefully he'll get together. I'm just kind of, after, after already having walked someone and with Morgan's, normally he's great with his command, but he's just not been the same guy. I think we all admit to it. There definitely seems to be some confidence issues. I think those right now stand as the three stars. Unfortunately, like I said, this is looking like a loss. We'll see if they can come back and win it. We're going to take, uh, no, we won't take break number two. Not quite time yet, but that's where it kind of stands. It, it should, it's a close game and Cleveland is actually, well, now that they've had two more base runners this inning, now they are up to what? Eight base runners total as opposed to Cleveland seven. So now Seattle actually has more base runners in this one. Unfortunately for Cleveland, uh, We'll see if they can keep this at two. It's going to be hard either way. It's not going to be uh, an easy situation to try and come back. But, yeah, wanted to give some time to Sam Haggerty. They don't often miss out on guys like him. Like, he was interesting, and the Mets let him go. Anyone could have had him. Well, not, you know, he's, I believe, claimed on waivers by Seattle, so not anyone. That was back when Seattle wasn't very good. But, yeah, I, listen, Seattle's going to be a tough matchup. This is one of the ones. This is one of the ones you needed to win, though. These first two games are really the ones where they have the pitching advantage. You need them to win those games. Unfortunately, like I said, not looking the best right now. We will see how this continues to progress. While this game is going on, I did want to talk about farm system rankings, as I had missed it earlier this week. Let's see, today's the twenty fifth when I'm recording on. So on the twenty third, Cleveland with the number three farm system according to MLB Pipeline. Uh, number one, Baltimore. That shouldn't be a surprise. Number two is the Dodgers. If you follow in depth, that also shouldn't be a surprise. After Cleveland are the Reds, who, remember, have not been good, are in a rebuild. Then Arizona, who been in a rebuild for a while. And that's your top five. Third best system. That That's kind of amazing because, again, we really haven't seen them graduate anyone off. Uh, Espino at 16, Valera at 32, Gavin Williams 56, Rocchio at 72, Naylor at 78. They do say that if uh, the next player to make the list would be Chase DeLauder. Again, I, I've i kind of gone back and forth. And I think right now I my feel on this team is I think I do put Rocchio one because of safety. Uh, with Espino and Williams, there's both some injury history. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I've been debating those three. That's the top tier to me, are those three guys. So I, I look at it as, right now I'm leaning towards Rokio. I'm going to get as much data as I can before I really come back and say anything for sure. But personally, it's Rokio, Williams, Espino. And I know you're saying, like, Jeff, two weeks ago was Espino one. You know, the health. The more and more he doesn't pitch, the more and more concerned I am. I say Naylor four, and then probably Valera five because of positional value. And I, but I feel like there's definitely like those top five. Nope, re-rack it. The top three: Naylor four, positional value, everything he's done this year. Five Tanner Bybee, six George Valera, 
I know that's crazy, but Bybee is not that far from the other guys, in my opinion. He is that good. It's not a knock on any of these guys. These are excellent prospects. After that, we can debate. We can we can certainly get into it on that next grouping, but I feel like that top six is, is pretty safe, and it should be viewed as the those guys. And there's the walk. You know, leave Morgan in. Can you afford to leave Morgan in? I mean, he had him 1-2, and then two balls, two fouls, and another one. Oof, rough stuff <laughs> right now in this game. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back. I'm going to decompress, and we're going to talk a little bit more prospects and this ongoing game. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, there was no break, so that's the advantage. This is the moment where I'm going to remind you, hey, go subscribe on YouTube. We are 431 subscribers away from 1,000. As of now, the only bonus to YouTube is, is the views and the interaction. Um, I like chatting with people on there. It's a fun little thing. So until we get to 1,000, there's there's nothing. It, it's extra work for me. So if you have not gone to subscribe, please consider subscribing on the YouTube. Let's get back to this prospect chat. So, for me personally, it's like I look at those top six players, and it's pretty easy. Like, those are the players where I kind of look at them like, yeah, this is it's pretty easy to really sit down and talk about these are the six guys who stand out the most in this system. I'd be probably Logan Allen at seven. It's close um, for me, but then after him, I Nolan Jones at eight, just for the power potential and what he has shown in terms of adjusting and growing this year. Nine, I'm not going to give up on Gabriel Arias. It's been a rough year, but I still believe in the bat. He's playing all over the infield to give him some additional super utility skills. Don't discount someone when they're hurt completely, right? Like, people gave up on Nolan Jones. He's looked better this year. People gave up on... I gave up on Bo Naylor, who I don't think was completely healthy last year. We have to keep injuries in mind. So it's top six, Allen... Jones, Arias, so that's 8-9. 10 right now with the way he's been playing, I, I think I have to say it's Angel Martinez. You know, he has been so good in that jump up to the next level. He has had excellent data at every level. Another switch hitting, sweet inning, middle infielder for this team. It's rather amazing to see, but it, with his production, is it just hasn't stopped with the promotion. He gets on base at an amazing rate. He is 10, 11 chased a louder. For me, the high ceiling, high risk. There is a big boomer bust with him. He's one of the biggest boomer bust prospects, in my opinion, in the entire Guardians organization. Nice job, Eli Morgan. Got Jake Lamb. Tough situation. Got out of it. Not ideal, but we'll take it, right? Uh, Ty Freeman is 12, and that's just because I think he's more backup than starter. I think he's more super utility, but I think he could be that plus version. He plays every day. Actually, see, and this is the problem with doing it right here in, you know, impromptu. Uh, 11, Cody Morris. 12, Chase ladder. 13, uh, Ty Freeman. Because Cody Morris, if he can start, his stuff is better than Logan Allen. His stuff has a chance to be, like, a real good number two if he can stay healthy. And that, that's just the question of it all. Can he stay healthy? I'm not sure. But if he can, I think he could be something special. Uh, 14, Xavion Curry. I believe he can be a starter, and if he's not a starter, I believe he'll be an amazing reliever. He just has the pitch, pitch mix to get it done. 
And 15. I know what you're saying. Where's, where's Will Brennan? Am I, am I turning into a little bit of an anti-Will Brennan? I, I don't know, but I think his regression midseason has just been like, I'm like, oh, is this Wes Hodges? Is this so many hitters I've seen have these great half a years, and then we've seen that regression occur. Did I buy too soon? I might have bought a little too soon. I think Petey Halpin has the higher ceiling, so the debate here is really between those two guys for me. And I am going to go with Brennan because he's done at the higher levels. He's an interesting player. There's a lot of great data, but the, the midseason regression is, is a big concern. So I know there'll be people like, you're not sticking to your guns. You're changing your view. And, and yeah, I am because you know what? You should change your view as you get more information and data. Uh, and like I said, it, it's one of those things, the more time I spend with it, the more I'm just going to debate. That's going to be an all year debate. Um, for the people who are mad about me not being all buy in on Oscar Gonzalez, uh, Sorry, I, I again. It's the same reason. I need more data before I'm gonna go full bore on anyone. Uh, in general, in this entire, I don't want to say system, but definitely in terms of who is in the big leagues, who is performing. I just need more. And the interesting thing, let's go. He should have enough data now that we can really look at Oscar Gonzalez and baseball savant, and just see where he kind of is in the advanced metrics. Uh, I'm curious to see if his launch angle has improved at all this year. Nope, still not enough data. Max exit velocity, sprint speed. That's all we got for him. Uh, you know, he, we'll see. That's all I can say. We'll see. A 3.4% walk rate is hard. It is interesting what gets people upset when I'm recording. It's not always what I expect, but it can occur. And, you know, he is currently batting, which is why I'm talking about him. He is 0-2. That was, that second strike... Look like one of those pitches that is the Oscar Gonzalez special where I, I thought that was significantly out of the zone, but he uh, he went for it. Boy, did he go for it. Um, yeah, like most of these pitches in this at bat, they, I mean, what, pulling up and looking at it, Oscar Gonzalez, I mean, they, they didn't even... It, this is what I worry about, is exactly what's happening here with Munoz. And yes, Munoz is a special arm. He's a different guy. But you know he's going to swing at most pitches that are low and away. He swings at everything. Just keep the ball low and away, and you're going to get him to swing at the pitch. You're going to get a lot of contact. And, you know, he ends up striking out because you don't get him anything he can hit, but you put enough stuff in an area where he thinks he can hit it. <laughs> That's... That's a recipe for success for the other squad. Looking at this team right now, they need to win tomorrow. They just, they do. They need to win tomorrow because it's getting so much harder. These matchups, we talked about it on the show yesterday, but the matchups do not favor Cleveland after these first two games. They have two games with McKenzie versus Gonzalez and Bieber versus Logan Gilbert is not not a huge advantage. Listen, Shane Bieber is getting clinic clat underrated all the time. Logan Gilbert's been great, but let's change that. Shane Bieber is a big advantage. He's a great pitcher. Plesak versus Castillo, oh boy, their advantage. Robbie Ray, Aaron Savale, their advantage. Now, Robbie Ray has not been the Robbie Ray of a year ago, but, you know, he's still on pace to be just shy of, what, a three-win player. He's still a solid starter. Savale has not been going deep in games. We will have to see. 
you know, no matter what happens here, Cleveland's still going to have a sizable advantage in the Central. Even if the Twins win today, it's still a three-game advantage. You know what happens if the Twins win on Friday It's and Cleveland loses? It's a two-game advantage. Cleveland has to get swept in a four-game series for the Twins to take back this division. And the Twins actually have to start winning things. So there is that. So it's one game. Let's not overly stress. Let's not overly press. Again, it does not look good for the Guardians, but it is one game that one pitch, right? One pitch. It's unfortunate that for McKenzie, who was so brilliant in that game, that this one, you know, the bad first is just going to be what sets him up. He allowed, what, three hits and two walks. Of those five base runners, three came in the first. Two the rest of the way. Uh, just bad timing. There's no other way around it. Bad, bad timing overall. And see now Naylor has struck out and uh, Andres is down 0-2 as we are facing, like I said, about as close to Class A as a, another pitcher can be. Then to see how hard it is to face someone like him. And I believe... So we got him 0-2 on this. I Listen... Not looking good. Down to your last strike. I'm going to just kind of sum up the week here. This team still has a massive lead in the Central. They are a great team. They're the youngest team in baseball. They're younger younger than, I believe, every AAA team in baseball. That might have changed, but that was a great... I need to give credit to, I think, maybe Zach Meisel, where I got that from. Uh, normally, Zach is where most things come from because he's so good at his job. But younger, youngest team in baseball. Younger than... Triple A teams, youngest, younger than every Triple A team, third best minor leagues in baseball. Currently a four-game lead in the division, though it doesn't look like that is going to stay. If you can't get excited about this team, I don't know what to tell you, because they are a team no one wants to face in the postseason. Who wants to face Bieber and McKenzie with a back end of Sandlin, ninety-nine, Stefan, Class A? If I was the opposing team, if that was the other team that the, my team was facing, I'd be like, oh, no, not th- that bullpen. I don't want to face that bullpen. I don't want to get into that situation. I wouldn't want to face the Guardians. It's a fun young team. The best is yet to come as these players graduate to the majors. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On Guardians podcast for this week. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. Subscribe on YouTube. We need 431. You could be one to help us get to 600. Let's keep the push alive. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go. And we're going to end it right as the final out is recorded. Have a great weekend, everyone.